it's um, nice to see you all. Let's uh, continue our discussion, trying to um, mine some insights out of the, the pilot of the Kabbalah Shabbat. Um, over the last two weeks, we've uh, we focused um, on the nature of Kabbalah Shabbat from our Lachik side, and now we were getting into the Nusach Atfila a little. Um, last week, we uh, we discussed, actually, uh, I omitted recording it, but I got to record, discussed um, some of the major themes, the main themes that um, can be found uh, in an understanding of how these these different Pirkei uh, Tehillim are used uh, by Rav Moshe Cordovero to, to sort of become the red carpet welcome to, to Shabbat Kodesh. Um, we discussed some of the major themes that, uh, that are woven into the Shabbos davening um, and to the Tehillim. The one is the recognition of Hashem as uh, the Borei Olam, the creator of the world. As we know, uh, keeping Shabbos gives a dut testimony to the fact that Hashem created the world in six days. Each one of those six Tehillim leading up to uh, Lachadodi, uh, or Mizmor Ledavid, should we say more accurately, uh, each one of those six Tehillim is, um, is representative of one of the days of creation. And uh, we started a bit of an exercise going through how each um, peric of Tehillim relates to an aspect of one of the specific days of creation. Um, uh, Trevor, you found, uh, you found um, a great little summary in one of the Korean printings. I must get it from you that, uh, you know, maybe just, you will we'll take a photocopy of it, which uh, summarizes as an, as, a, as an introductory line to each one of those uh, six Pirkei Tehillim as to, the, as to the connection to Shabbos. So the creation of the, the creation of the world is represented in the fact that the the, the, the six pirkei to heal him, they all lead up to um, you know they all lead up to um, the the quintessential uh, acceptance of Shabbos in the in the lechadodi. But before we get to the lechadodi, I uh, I thought I would uh, just share a few thoughts um, in appreciation of uh, let's go let's say two particular. Tfilot uh, that are that are in the that are in the service over here in the in the Kabbalat Shabbat. Uh, and the first is um, is one that we give. We we seem to give it alpiminag. We give it a lot of kavod, and that is Tehillim Perek Chavtet, well known to us as Mizmor David. So if you've got Sidurim with you, uh, you can just see it, but um, it's not vital to have a Sidur in front of you. However, I just want to um, try and share with you a few insights that I've seen in the Mephoshim on the Siddur as to, as to the nature of this particular uh, Tehillah and uh, why it is that, that we have this Minak to stand, Dafka, to stand for this Perak of Tehillim. Um, I think it's actually, I must check it, but I think I saw it more an origin of Sfardi Minak than it was of Ashkenazim, but I think we've all, uh, we've all adopted that Minak and... Um, so coming up to, let's call it the day six or Friday equivalent um, in the creation chapter, Mizmola David is the sixth Tehillah. And um, we say it by, uh, we stand for it and we say it, uh, we try and sing it. Uh, and, I, and I don't mean this lightly in the sense that uh, you don't find too often that there's, um, there, are, there, are, there are great uh, 
Kabbalists who are who push for a nigun in this particular in this particular mizmor, there's um, there's a lot of emphasis on trying to find an, an encouragement by some of the great thinkers that we should find a nigun for it. Uh, it's also based on on Arizal's comment on this particular perek of Tehillim and how he uh, how he uh, he was really responsible uh, for a lot of the insights, Kabbalistic insights into this um these this particular chapter so let's have a look and um and try and see if we can give you some understanding of, of of what lies behind this particular this particular chapter so in trying to appreciate why we stand for it uh if you look if you're going to look at the actual um peric and see that there are certain uh numbers of entities or groups of numbers which become quite significant when you're looking to try and look for allusions uh, to, to Shabbat uh, and specifically Hashem creating the world. So Friday is really the, or is the culmination of creation as far as the, the actual um, proactive involvement of Hashem in creating the props that make up our world. Um, each day brings uh, something new and of a higher level into focus. And the day six is no exception, bringing the creation of Adam followed by Chava into, into our world. And so the crowning glory of creation is the creation of, of, of two human beings, um, a man and a woman who have uh, a, a neshama that is sewn into their goof, into their body. And this hybrid creation is the greatest miracle uh, of all, where there's a, there's a human being now who's uh, gifted with freedom of choice, um, almost uh, elevated to higher than the angels, being able to create our own worlds and God forbid destroy them too. And so as we get to the, the pinnacle of creation, and that is the creation of, of human beings, um, we, um, we, we remind ourselves of the purpose of creation. And as the famous Rashi at the beginning of Chumash uh, tells us that Bereshit, um, Bereshit is a contraction of, of two words, Bishvil Reshit, because of certain entities called Reshit, uh, the crown, the beginning, uh, the purpose, the culmination, if you want, of uh, Hashem's, uh, Hashem's creating the universe. Bishvil Reshit, Amishrala called Reshit, um, and, uh, you know, Torah is called Reshit. And, uh, and, and the concept is well known to us all the time. We emphasize this, that, if Am Israel, in principle or in theory, should I say, would uh, would give up their commitment to Torah, uh, lock, stock, and barrel, um, the world would return to to Tov Avol. And so it's really bishut the Kabbalat Torah uh, in in merit of accepting Torah upon ourselves that the world really has uh, the, the you know the, the ability to exist. And so as mankind is created. Um, I'm suggesting this myself, yeah, that as mankind is created and we start to recognize this, we, we put the two ideas together. The world can only exist, you know, if, if I'm Israel, except, except Torah upon, upon ourselves. And so this, this I'd like to suggest is one of the reasons that this, this parak of Tehillim is actually chosen over here. For if we look at the actual content, at first when we start to read it, um, you know, we talk, we, we, we introduced Hashem's power um, 
And then Hashem's power really intimidates everything in creation. Now, it's almost like there's a bit of a backstory that's missing um, that should have, uh, we should have chapped before we go into, um, you know, understanding the glory and the koach of HaKosh Baruch Hu. And, and that little backstory really punctuates and colors this parak of Tehillim, such that the Gomorrah tells us, the Gomorrah tells us in Shabbos, Dav Pei Vav, the Gomorrah there tells us that, that, that the Torah on Sinai, the Torah was given to Amishol on Shabbat. And so we're going to suggest that the dovetailing of these two principles, Shabbat is an opportunity to take a step back and, uh, and reorient ourselves such that whatever we do during the week uh, needs to have a spiritual purpose in the service of HaKosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos is an opportunity to reflect back and see what we've done and potentially project forward to see if we can achieve. And um, uh, we ultimately know all these concepts well. And so he has an opportunity just before we get to the actual Kabbalat Shabbat, we realize that Shabbat and Matan Torah are related. They, uh, they, they, they culminated together to underscore this vital message, the fundamental of uh, the existence of the universe and the purpose of our creation. And Am Yisrael's at the center of all of that that, um, you know, we sort of, we should cast our minds as we do this, as we say this tilah, that, that we are accepting upon ourselves the yoke of Torah, uh, you know, commemorating the fact that Shabbos was the day of the week upon which the Torah was given, which coincided obviously with Shavuot in, two, in the year 2448. And as Akosh Baruch Hu gave Torah, which was the, the, the life-giving source for the establishment of the world, um, as a Baruch gives Torah to Klal Yisrael, the world entire shakes to its foundations. Akush Baruch's koyach has never ever been expressed, uh, to the best of my knowledge, in such a revealed format as it was on uh, on that fateful, uh, good fateful Matan Torah, all the way the giving of Torah all the way back um, three thousand plus years ago, and so. Uh, the Shabbat, which sort of uh, is designed to cause us to reflect on our spiritual goals um, and where Torah can fit into it, uh, is the perfect vessel upon uh, you know to to uh, to accept the lekachtov natati lachem torati altazovu on 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 Shabbos. And so, this is what the David Amelech is expressing um, in this in this parak in this chapter of Tehillim. Akush Baruch koyach that he's so strong that. Uh, the biggest mountain trembles, the greatest and strongest trees start to shake. Uh, the entire universe is, um, is in awe of Akosh Baruch Hu. And uh, this is really the, the beautiful, the expressions of power over here. Um, it, it really pays to at least get a, gl- a glimpse of it by reading it in English and then trying to get familiar with the Hebrew word. So when you say it, you really feel what you're describing over here. This is, a, this is one of the most powerful chapters of Tehillim. Uh, which expressed the Koach of HaKosh Baruch Hu in incredibly, incredibly strong terms. And uh, the Arizal points out, um, and other commentaries add the nuances too, as to how to sort of read in the, in the entities or in the content that is described in this particular tila, you'll see something quite extraordinary uh, being extracted from, from the nature and the structure of the composition of this Perik of Tehillim. So, First and foremost, why is it that uh, this is chosen uh, as the penultimate um, tila 
for uh, before we actually officially accept upon ourselves Shabbat. As I've said to you, it's it's, uh, it's not it's not celebrating the anniversary so much of Matan Torah in the in the form of Shavuot, but the concept of Matan Torah being acceptance of Torah being the foundation stone upon which uh, the whole entire world and the purpose of Amisha will come together in. This is the Tehillah that describes the Kushbarukh's Koyach and, uh, and, and how everybody feels with uh, humility intact to the nth degree, the power of the power of Hashem. And so this Kabbalat Torah and Shabbat, um, we, we, uh, we look at it um, and we see, we see the following, that uh, there are three expressions that we begin the Tehillim with. David HaMelech composes it such that there are three expressions of Havul Hashem something. So we, the word havu is like, you know, um, the, trans, the translation of some of the Siddurim is render or, or give or ascribe. So yeah, it's havu, havu Hashem uh, B'nai Elim, rendered to Hashem, I'm just reading from the art scroll here, uh, you sons of the powerful, uh, rendered unto Hashem, kavod Ra'oz, honor and, and might. And then havu Hashem um, kavod Shemo. The, the 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 honor respect that is that is due akosh baruch so whenever we see a number of three uh, the first thing we think of is uh, the avot who who represented the the, the foundation of klal israel avram yitzchak and yaakov and they also gave us the three tefillot that, that we that we used to connect akosh baruch per day and they uh, they form the the first section of ashmona esrei which is uh, the prime vehicle of connection between a human being in his prayer and and akosh baruch and so what i'm going to demonstrate to you here is just a it's a beautiful kind of um slightly deeper idea that that human beings are called through this uh, peric of tehillim to connect akosh baruch in a quasi shmona esrei type structure so this the shmona esrei starts off with the three brachot uh, called um you know there's avot and then there's Gvurot, and then there's Kedusha. Those three brachot represent uh, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Um, they represent the, the platform of praise to Akosh Baruch Hu. And so the Habu Lashem, a scrub kavod to Akosh Baruch Hu, Shevach, praise to Hashem, is, is, is this beginning. It's as if you're beginning Ashmona Esrei with, uh, you know, with the praise of three brachot um, uh, represented in the call to ascribe honor to Hashem in Habu Lashem, Habu Lashem, Habu Lashem. Now you, uh, if you count up the, the amount of times the name of Hashem is, is the Shem Hashem is mentioned in this particular chapter. So uh, you may not be too surprised to realize that the 18 times the name of, of Hashem is mentioned, uh, underpinning this idea that uh, we're, in, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position where uh, the concept of Hashem Esrei uh, as I say, the, the pinnacle, the, the classic paradigm of connection between uh, Am Yisrael or human beings and uh, Am Yisrael and Akosh Baruch And so uh, that's, so yeah, we've got this little Shmona Esrei over here going on uh, under our noses. Interesting is that uh, I mentioned that Akosh Baruch Hu's power was manifest here as Hashem gave Torah to Am Yisrael. The entire world was impacted by this event. And this is described by the the voice of Hashem, the voice of Hashem could be heard alamayim on water. You know, el, you know, Hashem alamayim, kol Hashem bakoach, kol Hashem behadar. The the expressions of Akosh Baruch Hu's 
voice, you know, reaching every corner of creation. So if you take a little count as to how many times the Kol Hashem reach, is, is described here in this uh, Perek, you'll find that there's uh, seven times. This is reminiscent of another Shmona Esrei. As we know well, our regular weekday Shmona Esrei is made up of three sections. Praise to Hashem, first three brachot, the petition for all our needs in the 13th central brachot, and then the conclusion and thanks to Hashem, the Hodaya that we refer to it as, the last three brachot, giving us 19 brachot um, in our weekly Amidah, in our daily Amidah during the week. As we know, those 13 elements of petition uh, to request things from Akosh Baruch Hu is inappropriate for Shabbat. Uh, and we replace that central 13 brachot with a single bracha defining the nature of the day, the yontif, the unique moed, the unique time that we're doubling it on. So every Shemona Esrei that isn't a Shabbat and that celebrates some sort of a unique moed um, has seven brachot uh, altogether. Three in the beginning of praise, three at the end of, of, of thanks, and the one central bracha um, describing the central motif of the day. When I say every Chag, with the exception of Rosh Hashanah, uh, there's a unique Shemona Esrei there where um, there are three brachas in the, in the center. But other than that, uh, the classic the classic Esrei on every other Chag, on Shabbat included, is to have seven brachot, where, and, that, and this is represented by the Kol Hashem manifest to the center of, of, of uh, the Kiddush Hashem in Am Yisrael, uh, listening and bowing down and, 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 uh, and, and being humble in the face of Hashem's voice, accepting upon ourselves all these, all these rules that we practice during the week and then have the nachas of reflecting on it uh, during Shabbos. So the, the, the weekday Shemona Esra is represented in the name of Hashem um, 18 times mentioned here and the Shabbos or the Shemona Esra of, of, of Shabbos, which is seven brachot, is uh, expressed by Kol Hashem uh, mentioned seven times. Now the Arizal tells, has a description of himself when he, uh, or I think he's his Talmudim write a description, should I say, and they tell us that um, he, would, uh, he, would, he would circle around his table, he would circle around his table, um, this, this, uh, this, this is the equivalent of Hoshana Rabbah, you know, on Hoshana Rabbah, he would, he would say this too, um, but he would, the, the Arizal would do, have these hakafot in mind, and uh, he would contemplate and as he, he expresses it like this, he says that um, we must put in a, a, a tremendous amount of invested emotion and, and understanding into this particular um, into this particular chapter of Tilim. Just to just to read to you from this particular uh, Vilna Siddur, um, just in the notes, he quotes from this famous sefer, Soda Shoresh Ravod, I think it is. Um, Anyway, just the quotes here. I'm just going to try and find it for you. Um, yeah. So the, the notes here quote, this particular prayer, Amar David Bazira. David Amelech said it over with a real nigun. We don't exactly have the nigun unless Kalabach got it, but um, David Amelech already put a lot of effort into the music behind this. And um, the note that he has here um, is for us to say this 
to say this with uh, as 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 much spirituality as we can muster. They put a lot of a lot of emphasis into this into this Perikov to heal him. So um, anyway, it's interesting that the Arizal says that um, that if you have a look at the structure, you've got eleven verses, you've got eleven verses, and you've got ninety-one words. Now again, when we the minute we hear the, the number ninety-one, we uh, we also quite familiar with with this gematria because it represents um, the two names of Akash Baruch Hu that come together to create our world. There's the name of Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, um, and then there's the name of Shemavaya Yud Hey followed by Vav Hey. The Yud Hey followed by Vav Hey is 26, and then we've got uh, 65 in Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. Hashem Elokim, which is the name that's used to describe the combination of the creation of uh, the first time the name Havaya Yud Hey followed by Vav Hey is used is the creation of mankind. Elokim is the name that's used uh, to create the, the rest of the world. But yeah, we, we bring together how we relate to Hashem and Hashem's creation of the world and how He relates to us through these names in this particular uh, Tehillim as well. So this is, uh, these are the few, the few ideas that I was able to glean um, looking at this, uh, this Tehillim and, um, and uh, trying to work out what makes it uh, that unique that we stand for it and why is it the penultimate um, Tehillim, a peric of Tehillim introducing the concept of Kabbalat Shabbat. And so that's what I wanted to suggest uh, we work with is this, uh, is these combination of ideas, how, uh, how the Arizal was um, responsible for giving us all these uh, interesting insights into this, um, into this story. So possibly that is why um, this, is, uh, this is chosen as this uh, Tehillim that we, uh, we try and find a nigun for it. Dafka, out of all the, out of all the uh, prakim of Tehillim that you should try and find a nigun for, especially on Friday night, this is a good one to do it. Um, okay, so that is, uh, that is the Mizmora David. Now, um, it's interesting, if you look at older Sidurim, older, older Sidurim, you'll find that straight after Mizmora David, we move into Lechadodi. And uh, in the, let's call it, when I say more recent, I'm still going back quite a while, but uh, we, we're talking now over the last 150 years, 200 years, um, there's uh, the, the Tfilah of Anna Bekoach is, um, is, uh, is in, introduced here. So in some Sidurim it will be in brackets, some Sidurim they'll say, some people say this, uh, and again, in those Sidurim that tell you to say it, um, they, they emphasize the, the spirituality of this particular um, tefillah as well. So in this, this one sidra that I have here, um, this, this sidra tells me that the composer of this tefillah is the famous second century Tana, Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana. Uh, he, you might have heard of a, of a precursor to the Zohar, uh, the name of the Sefer is the Bahir. He, he's he's uh, apparently he's the author of that of that as well. So um, this Rav Chunah ben Akana, a very a spiritual Tana, has composed this particular tefillah, and um, he tells us that we have to say this, uh, you know, with uh, with a lot of concentration. I guess we have to study it a little bit just to appreciate what he's done 
with this uh, with this tefillah. So, just if you, if you have the sitter in front of you, um, otherwise you can just remember for Friday night to look at it again. But when you say when you say the anabakoach um, in the in the sitterim, especially I'm just looking at an art scroll now, uh, it's printed really beautifully in the sense that it's given you seven lines. There's seven lines uh, making up the 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 actual um, the actual prayer. Each 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 line has six words. So again, you see these numbers sort of like you know underpin a structure here for us to appreciate the concept of Shabbos. You know, we finished the six days of the week and we, we're getting on to the seventh day. Um, but it's, uh, it's the Chachmah Kabbalah were, were very impressed by the Koyach of, of, of Shabbat in general, and specifically the acceptance of Shabbos Friday night. And we mentioned a couple of times, I think in previous Shurim, uh, the potential for the concept of, of, of a potential redemption uh, being, a, uh, you know, so, so much potential for Gula on a Friday night into Shabbos that um, Darizal and many other Kabbalists always felt that this potential of Gula should be highlighted. And, uh, and therefore, once we've actually uh, focused so much on, of our energy in accepting Kabbalat all Malchut Shamayim through Mizmolu David and the power of Akosh Baruch Hu, uh, then all of a sudden we have this, this kind of uh, prayer here of Anabakoach where Hashem should, uh, you know, Hashem, Hashem should take all of that strength that He used to create the universe and and give Torah to Klal Israel and govern it, and um, essentially accept our tefillot and move ourselves towards uh, towards redemption, towards Geula. And uh, in order to in order to uh, express the concept of Geula, um, the seven lines with the six words give us. Uh, the number 42, which represents the 42 letter lettered name of uh, of Akosh Baruch Hu. and so um, this again was a kind of a uh, an expression of this um, that uh, you know each 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 designation of Akosh of, of Akosh Baruch Hu, uh, there's there's in these seven lines there's a kind of a an expression here if you have a look at them there's seven the seven designations of the name, the names of Hashem. So you've got, uh, you know, you've got, you've got uh, the word Nora, which is awesome. That's, that's an expression of the name of Akosh Baruch Gibor is the second one. You know, Chasin Kadosh is uh, three and four. Um, Yachid and Gaye, uh, five and six. And in the last line, your Taulumot, you know, the the one who um, who knows all the mysteries of the world. These are these are seven designations of of uh, of, of Akosh Baruch Hu's power, and these parallel the seven kolot of Akosh Baruch Hu that David Amelech put into Mizmor David. So it sounds like Rav Nechunya ben Akana when he's like composing his uh, you know Kabbalistic mystical prayer of Anabakoach. He's sort of looking at Mizmolu David quite possibly, and 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 sort of like basing a, a certain structure on that, and so his his uh, his designations of of the names of Akush Baruch Hu, you know, it's it's apt here Friday night because it sort of like expresses the call of Akush Baruch Hu, uh, seven times that's in the previous in the previous tila. So um, anyway, this is the this is the 
the, the kind of ideas that come out of these, uh, out of the Mephoshim on the Siddur. The number 42 is also interesting because uh, after Kosh Baruch Hu liberates Am Yisrael from Mitzrayim, we know that there's 49 days between Pesach and Shavuot, but, but the first week uh, is designated as Pesach. And so um, if you take the days from after Pesach until Shavuot, you've got, uh, you've got a, a word association yet to the number 42 again which corresponds to that amount of days between, uh, between the last day of Pesach and Shavuot, where the, the, Omer, the Omer is counted. And so you'll see in many Sidurim that after you count the Omer, you have this Minak to say this Anabakoach, you know, again, sort of like joining a few of the dots over here, um, you know, in, uh, in recognizing what's, uh, what is the main, the main theme, the acceptance of the Yoke of HaKosh Baruch Hu, the acceptance of Torah, Understanding that Hashem's power is uh, is infinite, and uh, the purpose of our, the purpose of us being in in this world, and all of these themes should now uh, should weave themselves together um, through these through these prayers. Uh, we uh, the minute we the minute we talk of or, or say say over an acceptance of Akosh Baruch Hu's, uh, the yoke of Hashem, it's a kind of kabbalat Olam Chutzamayim. That is most greatly expressed in the in the words of Shema, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad is what we call an exercise in accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, Kablat Omachut Shemaim. The words of Shema, or the, the I'll just share the two themes that I always think about when I say Shema. Rashi's comment is that you know, here are Israel at this point in time in our history, we are the only ones who accept Hashem as being the one true God, Hashem Elokeinu, uh, but Bayomahu in the days uh, at the end of days, the Ketzayamin, Hashem Echad Echad, everybody will accept um, the dominion of Akosh Baruch Hu. That's that's Rashi's classic, and and we are all encouraged to have that in mind when we're saying Shema. Uh, personally, to personally, I always felt that uh, uh, another commentary or two commentaries that say similar things, I found them very powerful expressions uh, of Kabbalat Omar Chuchamayim for me personally. There are many, there are many that you can find in the Siddur, in the Foshim and the Siddur. But uh, Gaon and, and I saw it again in the words of the Malbim, they, uh, they emphasize for us that Hashem, Hashem Avaya, Yudkei Vavkei, is the God of mercy, Rachamim. So when things are going well, Akosh Baruch Hu, uh, expresses himself through uh, the most spiritual of names. And uh, the shame Elohim is that of Midat Adin, strict justice, and that's when things don't look so rosy, uh, to us at least. So um, we, ha- we, we have a declaration of faith that um, when things are going good and things are not going good, uh, to our minds, they come from the same source. So Shmai Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, both the name of Hashem, which represents Hashem from generating uh, what we call chesed, good things, and Hashem generating strict justice, uh, din. It's the same God. It all creates good and creates the potential for evil as well. It's all coming out of the same story. Uh, you know, putting it very graphically, or, or, or you know, I don't want to sound too chutzpahic over here, but, you know, the Shoah, you know, came, came, came through the ages of Akosh Baruch too. Even though it was, as I say, the potential of evil is there. Hashem created the potential. Man then takes it and does what he wants with it. But Akash Baruch is controlling everything. And, and, just as, and just as the Shoah came, trying to find the right words here, you know, with Akash Baruch Hu, 
still in Akos uh, in the picture. The same thing, uh, the, the classic Gula, the, the redemption, the war to end all wars, and the ushering in on, of, of, uh, of, of the Ketzei Amin and Mashiach, that also comes from Akos Baruch too. It's Hashem Elokeinu, it's Hashem Echad, it's all coming from one. So I always have that in mind, it just means, uh, it just happens to be the, 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 the explanation that I found most meaningful when I, when I, to meditate on when I'm saying those names. Um, but what I'm saying about this is, is that the, the whole exercise of Shema is an acceptance upon, a, upon us of the yoke of heaven. We recognize that, that we aren't always, uh, you know, the, the pinnacle of this expression. But when Am Yisrael did have an opportunity to really represent Hashem in the world, Akash Baruch gave us the most uh, glorious of all platforms, and that was uh, the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, that, that, and that, that, that temple was the medium of expression of Hashem, uh, of us, Am Yisrael, accepting Hashem, the yoke of Hashem, and, and He's blessing us as a result of that. Whenever we have an opportunity to declare Hashem's name, as if we are living in an era where Hashem's, Hashem's presence is manifest and understood and can be seen, miracles are revealed, etc., then we, we, we recognize that by saying, the, the ultimate verse is that after we've accepted that everything comes from Akosh Baruch but we say that Hashem's name should be blessed forever and ever, and uh, Hashem is infinite. And that is the theme of the Baruch Shem Kavod Malchutol Olam Vaed, the six words that represent, uh, uh, let's call it the highest or most lofty expression of Hashem's um, glory that we can master, even according to the Maral, more impressive than Shema Yisrael Hashem Lakeinu Hashem Echad itself. And because we are not worthy and we don't live in a time as a result of our misdeeds, the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. In the Beit HaMikdash, they say Baruch Shem out loud. Now the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed. Um, we don't say Baruch Shem out loud. And we all have this, uh, through our general knowledge, we understand Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was, was given the secret in Shemaim of these words and he came down with them. So the only time we say it aloud because uh, on Yom Kippur, when we angelic in, 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 a, in a matter of speaking, but when we live in our normal lives, it's only a, it's a hope that we should be able to accept Hashem's uh, presence and value system to such a degree. Shema Yisrael should be so prominent in our, uh, in our lives that Baruch Shem could be said out loud. It isn't. And so Baruch Shem is said in an undertone and we say it quietly. So here, uh, a similar kind of idea comes to the fore here, and that is that as we've uh, said, the this Kabbalistic tefillah of Anna Bukoach, and we've uncovered here this, uh, the seven lines and the six words and representing the, the 42 names of Akosh Baruch the 42 le uh, letters in the, the names of Akosh Baruch Hu. So, um, You've, you've sort of revealed Hashem's name, albeit in some sort of uh, code. And so once you say Akush Baruch Hu's name, which is hidden in the structure of the tefillah, we say Baruch Shem. Uh, Baruch Shem, you're after saying Hashem's name, and you're not sure if you have permission to say it, you say Baruch Shem, Kavod Mokotor Olam Vahed, and that sort of covers you. And so yeah, we, uh, that's why the Minag is to add this pasuk, so when it's printed in the Sidurim, uh, in many Sidurim, the Baruch Shem came later. Um, but it, it fits with those who really understood the, the, the Kabbalistic ideas that Rabbi Nechunia had in mind 
when putting it uh, putting it all together. And so that's why uh, one should say Baruch Shem, and we should be makpid, uh, particular to say Baruch Shem softly. It's not right to uh, to create a nigun where Baruch Shem is part of the nigun. That's that's undermining the very uh, understanding of what the principle is saying. That we don't live in a time where we can say Baruch Shem. It's not factual. Number one, we aren't worthy, and number two, the world doesn't see the presence of Hashem. It's camouflaged, um, and that's part of exile. And we 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 beg for a time that it changes, but and uh, if we if we you know if we keep uh, if Amishal would have kept two Shabbatot in the desert, we would have been uh, redeemed. According to one midrash, we kept one. Um, according to another understanding, we didn't keep any. It was always somebody who who broke it. But um, if we, we would just keep uh, one Shabbos, all of Klal Israel, we uh, we would be uh, redeemed and. That's where Murakhab and David's famous song came from, the Yerushalmi that says, just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. So uh, as a result of this, I think this is really a nice segue in understanding how these tefillot follow one from the other, emphasizing different parts of these themes of redemption, keeping Shabbos uh, connected to Torah. Uh, all of that really uh, comes together in all of this. And so... Um, the Shliach Tzibur should not uh, end the, the tefillah aloud with, uh, with a Baruch Shem, but uh, you, should say it, you should say it softly. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I can share with you up until this point um, upon these two tefillot which lead us into, into L'Chadudi. So um, uh, again, if you want, so I'll just quickly summarize what we've done, and that is that the Mizmoler David was composed by David Amelech to represent Hashem's Koyach um, being manifest in the world um, on the anniversary of Shavuot or when, when Matan Torah happened. All of those expressions of Hashem's Koyach, um, you know, freaking everybody out and Hashem's power felt throughout the corners of the world, Kol Hashem Ba'adah, Kol Hashem Ba'koach, etc. All, all, all those expressions are about Matan Torah, which took place on Shabbat as the Gemara and Shavuot Dafei uh, Vav tells us. So that's why it's a classic introduction to the concept of Shabbos, but it also brings with the idea that, that Shabbos is a time to reflect upon what the world stands on, and that is uh, the condition of its existence is Am Yisrael keeping Shabbat. And that was the, that was the idea. Okay. Uh, Anna Bakach then re-emphasizes that and davens for a kind of opportunity, opportune time where us recognizing Akosh Baruch Hu keeping Shabbos brings the Geula um, seen in the 42 uh, the seven lines times six words representing the 42 letter name of, uh, of Akosh Baruch. Okay, now on to, on to uh, Lechad Odi. So uh, we mentioned, I think, in, uh, in previous Yerim, when we were talking about the halachot of, uh, that lead into all the concepts that, 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 uh, that Kabbalah Shabbat was built on. So we spoke out uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, this idea where we were, I quoted Rav Soloveitchik being uh, quite makbid, quite pedantic about making sure that we daven mincha before shkia, and that uh, we would even at least, at the very very least, start Kabbalat Shabbat, um, but best to even finish Kabbalat, ideally, Kabbalat Shabbat before, before sunset. Because Kabbalat Shabbat is like that, 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 it's that expression, it's fulfillment of the expression of the Navi to go out, but cover Shabbos um, 
to greet to greet Shabbos. It's like the, the red carpet treatment, the welcome to Shabbos is the tefillah of Kabbalah Shabbat. In the early days, before the Arizal composed the tefillah, people would learn. They would learn Mishnayot about Shabbos, and that's where Bame Madlikin comes in. Bame Madlikin, that we say at the end of davening, according to many, Bame Madlikin was actually the original Kabbalah Shabbat. People would go to shul early, or in the days even when there wasn't a, an official shul, or you weren't around a shul, the Tanaim would go before going to shul even, to go out to see the Shkia and, uh, and welcome Shabbos in. That, that idea of Kabbalat Shabbat, of having, of giving cover to Shabbos to, to meet the honored guest who's just flown in and landed, um, you know, on the tarmac, and now the red carpet is accepting them in as a, as a, as a, a, a Mishmar Shal Kavod, that is really what Kabbalat Shabbat is in its, uh, in its essence. And so, uh, we just privileged to live on the other end of the capitalist of Tzvat, where we have a, a not not just as um, as a way of of, of being mechabed Shabbos through learning of Bamei Madlikin, but we've got this beautiful this this uh, the Moshe Korovero's six Tehillim, and then and then the Anav Koach, and and now Lechadodi. So, Shlomo Alkabitz, Shlomo Levi Alkabitz, who's the one who composed it, as we know, he is he and his uh, his, 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 his brother-in-law, um, Moshe Cordovero, they were the two major Kabbalists in Tzfat, and uh, they are the ones who gifted Yisrael this whole Kabbalah Shabbat. And so we're going to try and see if we can um, go through Lechad uh, I don't think, I've actually, I, never, I don't think I've ever given an actual in-depth share on the actual words of, of, of Lechad just about the idea I've mentioned before. So maybe I'll try and... Uh, We'll maybe try and, and then get into this um, into this particular into the set of words there here of of of, of So um, uh, just to just to give you an introduction here, um, and if, again this is the sidur that I've been using this sidur Vilna just because it's got some really nice note at the bottom, um, and so it's called Leket Biurim. It's just a compilation of many different Mephoshim um, on, on the Siddur. So, um, he, uh, he writes in the, in the, in the Siddur as follows. He says, uh, uh, the composer of this particular poem, Huama Kubal, the Kabbalist, Rabbi Shlomo ben Moshe Alevi Alkabitz, Mechaber Sefer Manot Alevi, uh, I don't know if you ever had a chance to read this particular sefer, but it's uh, uh, there's some archivists also wrote a sefer on the laws of Purim uh, of Mishloach Manot, and it was called Manot Alevi as a nice uh, turn of phrase on uh, on this. And uh, you know, so that's when if you want a new sefer for Purim, that's a good sefer to get. Um, and he, he he established, he composed this piut, uh, this poem, Alpi Chazal. He, uh, based on a, a Midrash Chazal, which um, which we learned, those of us doing the Dafyomi, um, we basically learned it um, two, 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 three weeks ago, um, in fact, a month ago, on Shabbos Daf Kuf Yutet. So uh, there the Gemara teaches uh, Rabbi Hanina would would uh, would wrap himself up um, and he would go outside, uh, it's, uh, wrap meaning, I guess he would wear a, a beautiful talus specifically your clothing in honor of Shabbos, and he'd go out um, 
to greet Shabbos as Shkia would sit. Let's go out and welcome the Shabbos Queen. Uh, he would uh, also wear beautiful clothes and he'd go and he'd say, Boy kala, boy kala. So one Tana, uh, Rabbi Hanina, is saying, Bov when I'd say, Likrat Shabbat Amalka. The other Tana, Rabbi Hanina, is saying, Boy kala, boy kala. And so, Rabbi Yalkovitz has now taken these phrases that come from the Gemara and, and he's, he's woven them into to the, to the chorus here. The idea of going out to meet uh, the, the kala and uh when I tell Malka. So you've got it all in here. And um he then writes as follows. Um uh yeah, just again I'm just repeating it because even though I said in the shir a couple of weeks ago, uh the Rambam in Hukot Shabbat, um Perik Lamed, the Rambam there in the beginning of the Perik, Alokas Alat and Base, he writes that there were four things. Arbat Varim Nem Rubu Shabbat, four concepts that were spoken out with regard to Shabbos. Shnaimi um, Torah, Shnaimi Divrei Sofrim. Two from the Torah, Zachor and Shamor, and Shnaimi Divrei Sofrim. And the two that come from the, the Rabbonim or Yeshayahu uh, Navi, it's, if I remember correctly, it's Perek Nun Chet Pasuk Yud Gimel, where the Navi tells us that. Uh, Kibbutz and Oneg are the other, or the two concepts that need to be uh, added to Shabbos um, in order to elevate the status of Shabbos. What is Kavod exactly? So the Rambam writes, person would would mitatef betzitzit v'yoshev bekovid rosh meichal kabbalat Shabbat meichal kabbalat bnei Shabbat k'moshu yotzei likrat amelech. So. Um, the Rambam says you're gonna you're meeting royalty over here. It's interesting. I don't want to get into this, but you see how the Rambam says Shabbos Amelech, not Shabbos Amalka. Uh, one to my wife, but anyhow, we'll continue from there on. The Chachamim Arishonim Ayum Kapsim told me the Hember of Shabbos. You know, this became a minag now of 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 of, uh, of Rabbonim and the Talmidim and Erev Shabbos that all go outside and 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 greet Shabbos. Uh, the tour. The tour is quoted here as well. The Yilbash Begadim Begadav Anaim, the Yismach Baviat Shabbat, Kriyotzei Dikrat Amelech, Uchriyotzei Dikrat Chatan Mechala. The Magan Abraham says you should find a field to go out to. Not all of us have got fields that are just available. Um, in Ubiqsat Mekomot, some people have the Minag, Noagin Latzait, Nibayet Akneset, Lechatzer. People would go out into the courtyard. Um, Okay, that's that's uh, these are the minagim that we have, um, and our minag is based on the primogadim that um, um, we have this minag. Instead of going out to the courtyard, we welcome Shabbos by turning our face. These are the notes in this particular sidur. I'm sure in many sidurim we've got little notes there, but it tells us that it's almost like. Instead of going out to the field, instead of going out to the courtyard, our turning around is the equivalent of of Boven, I'd say, Likrat, uh, uh, Likrat Shabbat Amalka. So, and he tells us in the notes over here that you have to turn uh, to to face uh, to face the the west. So, I know I'm jumping right to the end of the 
the, the, the what you call the poem, but once once the notes tell us that we do it, we must make a comment on this. So yeah, it's interesting in this idea of turning around to, to greet the Shabbos as, as if you were going out out to greet Shabbos. So if if we take if we take uh, the description here of in the old days they would actually go out to the fields or go out to the courtyard, um, and we now doing this turning around to welcome Shabbos in, we're turning around to greet Shabbos. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's call it from a purely rational point of view. And uh, what Rav Soloveitchik recommends all the time, and that is that if you want to know where to turn, you need to turn towards uh, the main door. You know, that Shabbos is going to, uh, whatever it is, the Shina is going to come through the main door. Now, the main door should have a specifically architectural design vis-a-vis the Aron Kodesh. That's based on a Tosefta in Masechet Shabbat that, that shuls that we daven in today are considered a Mikdash Ma'at. Uh, and, and one of the aspects of, of being a so-called macro Mikdash is to copy the basic design of a shul uh, or the Mikdash. And the Mikdash was designed, Mishkan as well, where you had the Aron Kodesh, um, let's just say in front, uh, you know, um, and you would then um, call it north if you want to, um, but you would then uh, you would then build the entrance, the main entrance, such that a person would enter into the main heichal in a way that he's facing, you know, dead on, he's facing the, the Aron Kodesh, and he would bow in, in reverence to that. So it's not, you, you, you wouldn't, the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan is built in such a way that the main entrance is not from the side, it's from, you know, it's, it's from the, the 180 degrees. It's like, uh, you, you know, you, you're coming right in at it. So um, bottom line is, is that if the, do- the door is supposed to be built like that, every shul should be like that. The main entrance should face the Aron Kodesh. And Aron Kodesh should face Yerushalayim and etc. etc. So, okay, that's how shuls should be built. That's the aloha. Now, what happens if shuls didn't build it? Either the architect didn't know, the, 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 the guy Boim who, who, who made it happen didn't know, it just wasn't designed that way. Or the, it's impossible. Just the design of the building and then the, the, the law of the land doesn't help. So, okay, the door's in the wrong place. What can you do? You still got to go out to go and greet Shabbos. Uh, you got to go through the main door. That's how you would have got to the Chatzar. That's how you would have got to the field throughout the main door. So turn to find the main entrance and that's how you should, uh, that's how you should greet Shabbos. So depends where the main entrance is. But the reason why we, we are all turning... Uh, 180 degrees is because shuls that were built properly, you know, a person would turn 180 degrees. So, so that's that's a that's one way of looking at the turn. But it's not turning 180 degrees. There's no uh, there's no chokhmah in that. You know, there's no reason to face the woman if they're behind you. There's no reason to turn 180 degrees. Now, sort of basic says, find the find the door. It's coming through the door. It's not coming through the wall. It's coming through the door. So, so you know, face the, face the main entrance. Now, sometimes the main entrance can be on either side, face the main entrance. However, this Siddur and many others, the Moshe Fasting quotes that um, there's a concept of Shechinta Bama that the Shechina is, is to be found in the West, whatever that means. Um, so this brings to focus now, if you're greeting the Shechina and Shabbos is, the, the, the Shechina aspect of Shabbos is coming in, so it's, it's coming to you from the west. So therefore, turn towards the west. Ignore the door. Ignore the whole building. Just turn west. That's where you're supposed to turn. And so wherever you stand, wh- wh- whichever country you're davening in, 
you turn to face the West, that's Chintam Amarava. That's what the Siddur is basically trying to tell us. And so therefore, if you're in a shul and you want to know, according to Moshe Feinstein and many others, where you turn, you turn towards the West, no matter where the door is and no matter where the, everybody else is sitting. That, you know, the reason why most people are used to turning 180 degrees is because, you know, we're living in Europe. And if we're living in Europe and these Minhagim are, are developed in Europe, then you face Eretz Yisrael and you're going to face Mizrach. So you're going to turn 180 degrees to, to get to the West. So you're... You're facing Mizrach, you turn 180 degrees to get west. So everybody got into their head, you have to turn 180 degrees. But according to neither Aboisha nor Afsolavaychik, even though they argue what to do, none of them are telling you to turn 180 degrees, Badafka. That's just uh, Amaratzish inertia. What should really happen is either choose, choose the door and, uh, or choose the, choose the west. That's uh, what I've understood from, from, this, uh, from this basic thing. That's, that's really, really what it is. So, uh, Anyway, next time we'll discuss a little bit more of the actual nusach of it. I don't want to start now and get into the thing. And so I'll, I'll just, um, one, one, other, one other point I want to explore is, um, is when I was at Yeshiva, um, in the very early years that I got there. So, you know, it's interesting that you always try and work out how do you turn? Um, which way do you turn when you're turning? You're busy davening. Now you're turning towards the west of the door. So you turn, you always turn to the right, right? We always go to the Yamin. So, you know, is that right? So in other words, we're standing now facing the Arun Kodesh. Now we've got to turn to the right, to the right, to the right, where you're going to find your door, find west. So um, normally we say, like, any time we turn, towards the right. So it's interesting, I remember going to Yeshiva, and I'm like uh, one of the first uh, Friday nights of the Yeshiva, and I see Rav Lichtenstein turn towards the left. So I'm thinking, you know, like, why do you do that? Um, so he, uh, so this is the, this is the question. So believe it or not, I was a little bit uh, shy and a bit nervous to go and ask him what he was doing. Um, anyway, I, 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 went, I went up to him to ask, and he, 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 he shot out an answer at me, um, and uh, I didn't fully get it. Meaning like, I, you know, when I, when I, this is the first few years that I was there. So um, he said, it's like walking around in Mizbeach, you know? So like, I'm, I'm supposed to know what that means. So anyway, years later, I started, I, I had to try and figure out what it meant. And that is as follows. Interesting that when, uh, when you read the Gemara about how Kohanim, um, walk up the ramp towards the Mizbayach. The Mizbayach is a square structure. It's got these corners. Karnota Mizbayach. So now, when you get up to the top, you've been, you're, now, you're now on the Mamish, the platform, just before this fancy uh, the Mizbayach. So now, how do you turn? Like, you know, you, you've got to turn to the, you turn to the right, you turn to, what, which way do you go? So, one, one, one understanding is, is that your face should always be Toward the Mizbah and not back. So you should always turn in such a way that your face your face is facing the Mizbah. So if you're turning that way, um, the focus is really the the middle of the shul. Um, and therefore it's not so much when you're turning around, it's turn as if the Mizbah is in the middle and you're turning you you're turning with your face always facing inside. So that way he ended up turning to the left to uh, you know to do uh, to, when it came to like facing the main entrance uh, of the shiva. 
Now I had to work out what what did that mean exactly? Like why why would you do that? Anyway, as I say, he shot out the answer at me, um, and I and I as I say, I only got the last I got the part about this mizbeach. But now uh, I've never all those years later I've never really um, pushed the I've never forced myself to find out exactly who else holds like this and is there machlokes like this. So what I will do, Blinada, is uh, through the week look at some of my notes that I have from all the different minagim. I used to take notes in the yeshiva. What what we used to do there. So um, I wouldn't forget. So I'll try and see if I've got anything on this particular uh, turning around why he would turn differently uh, vis-a-vis others. Because it is quite clear, I think, in the Mishnah Bura as well, that you would turn uh, always towards uh, towards the right, which would be basically uh, uh, you, you, you're, turning, um, you're turning clockwise. So um, anyway, I'll look at it. But uh, please, God, we'll have an opportunity next week to get into the actual Nusach of... Uh, of the various stanzas of, uh, of L'Chadodi. Okay, so uh, hopefully through the Shabbos, if you're able to listen um, again or just t- taking some notes, Ms. Um, Mola David will be a little bit deeper and so will Anna Bakoach. And uh, that, I guess, is the aim of this exercise. So lovely to see everybody. Shukrach for tuning in and um, send out the recording to you. And uh, as we say in the home, first bait, be well and uh, nice to see you all. Thanks, Robert. Thanks. 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 Thanks